welcome to the latest Halftime Pie podcast. Each episode, we talk to fellow football fans about their club, how their season is going, discussing the highs and the lows of the season so far, and supporting their club as a whole. We discuss current issues in the game today, and if you would like to hear more episodes, you can find all our podcasts at halftimepie.co.uk or on SoundCloud at soundcloud.com forward slash halftimepie. If you would like to read our opinionated football blog posts, they can be found at halftimepie.co.uk. If you want to join us on a podcast, drop us a message. You can find all our contact details at halftimepie.co.uk forward slash contact us. So, um, so I'm joined by Gary Skinner, lifelong Oldham Athletic fan. Uh, thanks for joining us. Um, I just want to go through a few things with you, obviously, um, about the Latics. Yeah. So, it's been a busy period, and you've written three articles in about a week for us, haven't you? Yep. There was the three games, there was the draw at Salford City, and then the two home games, the victories over Mansfield and Bradford. So, I know you've you've done three articles and put your thoughts down on there, but just for the podcast, um, what were your thoughts on how those three games have gone for Oldham? Well, the last two games in particular have been excellent. Um, the game at Salford was... It wasn't a great game, to be honest, and Latics were very poor on the day, I thought. Um, I didn't think Salford were an awful lot better. However, Latics created very little, and um, it was really a scrappy game, and Salford, they probably deserved to win it, if anybody did. I think Latics managed to get a draw late on, and to be honest, they could have even won it because it all became a bit panicky for Salford right mm. near the end. But we came away from there thinking we got away with a draw, I think. Yeah. And it wasn't very good. The The next two home games, Mansfield on the Tuesday night, um, there was a couple of changes to the team. He was able to bring back in um, Carl Piergiani at centre-half. He'd been ineligible to play at Salford. Um, and they just look really solid. The, both central midfield players, in particular, uh, Mohamed Silla and Christopher Misalu, both had great games yeah. in the middle. We had Danny Rowe up front, of course, and Zach Durnley, um, who was playing his second game, I think, since coming back. He came on a sub before. Um, and they just looked so, really solid, and they got about Mansfield from the word go. And um, to win three, three one it was. Yeah. Mansfield scored with virtually the last kick of the game. I think the Latics just had enough time to kick off, and final whistle went. But they were very dominant, uh, and that set us up for quite a big game against Bradford. And you know, we were just hoping could Latics manage two good performances or good results on the bounce. And really, they they just started against Bradford the way they left off against Mansfield mm. they were excellent from start to finish they absolutely dominated it 3-0 at half time could have been probably 5 at half time they got a standing ovation coming off which you, you know we don't see it that often certainly not in the last couple of seasons and um, second half although there was no goals they, they, if the match would have finished 6 or 7-0 I don't think Bradford could have had any complaints. Mm. I think you wrote that in the article, didn't you? Yeah. That, you know, that would have been a fair result. Yeah. 
I know Bradford have since parted company with their manager Gary Boyer, and there has been things written in in their press where it was a it was a really poor performance by them. Obviously, I've only seen them in one other game this season, and that's when they beat Latics three 0 Funnily enough, at their place. Yeah. So whether they'd stop playing for him or not, I don't know. But as bad as they were, Latics were really really good on the day. Yeah. I mean, I'd said to you, Dino, that I'd read a few things with Bradford fans, and they were, they want, they weren't happy with Bowyer, and they were, they did to Rocky Patch, and I said, I fa- you know, I fancy Oldham, but like you say, as bad as they were, you shouldn't detract from how good Oldham were on the day. No, it, it was more a case of, he, whether it's by accident or by design, the Mansfield game, the, the the team and the way it was set up worked so well that. He kept an unchanged starting lineup for the Bradford game, and they, it was just like they all knew what they were doing. And I think in the past, sometimes we've had, uh, we've tried to put round pegs in square holes with um, positional, you know, playing players slightly out of position. But the last two games, everybody looks like they know what they're doing, and they're all comfortable in that position. Yeah. No, that's good. I mean, I'd, I'd read quite a bit online about after the Bradford game, and it was just um, so much praise. And a few people I know who went come come away saying it just clicked from start to finish and the way they played. Yeah, and yeah. you'd sent me something off the fo- one of the forums, didn't you? That it was literally it wasn't just the goals, or it was it was the the crowd was positive and the way everybody clicked mm. and. There has been a lot of doom and gloom around the club for a while, and it, it just seemed in that one performance everything clicked on and off the pitch, really, didn't it? Yeah, it did, it really did. I think the um, the signings in the January transfer window have made a massive difference. The yeah. Four in particular, um, who they brought in: um, Zach Dernley, Danny Rowe, Cameron Borthwick Jackson on yeah. loan from United, and Carl Piagiani. Um, they've all improved the team which you don't always get that you might get one or two loan signings who are successes mm. they've also recalled um, Nepomuchino who'd been on loan at Chesterfield he's come back and he seems to have got a new lease of life now as well I think he had a fallout with the previous manager uh, that's sort of brought about his uh, move to Chesterfield but since he's come back he's playing well as well so it's like having an extra player yeah well I mean I was going to touch on this probably later on but actually while we're talking about the the loan signings in the January window um, I looked at obviously Danny Rowe scored at at Salford didn't he with a tidy finish at that game and I looked at his stats and 155 goals in 250 games Mm. so he certainly knows where the net is and I'd, I'd seen him play for Fylde against Salford last season and he doesn't it looks a bit unconventional because he's, he's a stocky lad, isn't he? He is but, a stocky lad. He's a bit taller than you uh, think when you see him close yeah, up. Yeah, you can imagine he give the defenders a bit of a tough time. Yeah. Um, but he certainly, those stats alone, and you'd wrote for a few games, I think build up before the window, that it was all about they needed strikers, they needed, you know, that's where they must strengthen. Yeah. I take it he must be thrilled that Rose, Rose signed. Yeah, he he looks like he'll make a massive difference down the line. Yeah, he's already made a difference because he's given them a dimension that they haven't had for a while now. They they haven't had um, somebody up front who can hold the ball. Mm. Um, he reminds me a little bit, 
maybe maybe it's his stature. Obviously, it's a it's a lesser standard, but he reminds me a little bit of Mark Hughes. Yeah, he, he's a similar sort of size. Maybe not as tall, but he's a similar sort of size. And when he gets the ball, it sticks with him. Yeah, and, he, and he can hold it up, and he can hold people off. He doesn't get pushed off the ball because he's a stocky lad. And then he, he brings other players into mm. into play, whereas in the last, certainly all this season and probably last season as well, we've had willing runners up front, but very similar types of players. Yeah. Not the biggest, not not the um, stockiest. Speed merchants, yeah, they'll, they'll run all day, but to some degree at times they're chasing lost causes. Yeah. And you need... Sometimes, especially if you're under the cosh, you need that player as an outlet. Yeah. Even if it's just to get it to him, he holds it up and then your midfielders join in and you can build something. It doesn't always have to be about pace, does it? You can, you can, you can get a man up top who can let it stick, like you say, brings everybody up the pitch, defence have a bit of a breather yeah. and um, and then suddenly you, you, you've turned defence into attack and it's nice to have that bit of pace and you can, you can sort of put it into the channels and there's a winger off, but... The old, I want to say old fashioned, because things change, don't they? And, you know, you remember four four two, and everything changes now, doesn't it, with formations? But mm. just to see that kind of traditional striker who can hold the ball up and put his foot on it and, and bring people into play, um, and obviously with his goal scoring record, he's going to chip in. It was a great finish at Salford, wasn't it? it? Was the way he turned and, and, finish, and put yeah. that away. I think he's he's two footed. And he, he absolutely smashes it when he yeah. when he shoots. So what about the the other ones then? Um, Pierre Gianni, if I can say it right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Again, he, he he looked he looked a decent. Seen him a few times at Salford, and he stood out because he scored like headers. He was up for corners. He looked that he looked um your typical sort of lad at the back who's a talker who will pull people mm. about and he'll tell them what to do and he'll marshal them like a captain material. Yeah. Um, you've still got Weeter. Yeah, um, but with both with Jackson, I mean, I'm not really seeing much of him as he's got he's he's gone on that many loans. Um, but of the players that, what do you think to? I know you're not seeing much of him, but what do you think to no, the others? Well, both with Jackson is the one we've seen the least of because right. he's only played in two games. So against Mansfield, he, he had a quiet start. I think he misplaced a couple of passes and overhit a couple of crosses. Um, but as the game went on, he seemed to settle down and. In the second half, he had a much steadier game. Against Bradford in his second game, he was very steady all the way through. Yeah, he was. He looked really good. He looks like a good footballer. Whether it's to do with his with the coaching, yeah. Um, if you speak to somebody who probably can spot somebody who's been coached at the calibre of United, yeah, he looks like a proper footballer. Um, he doesn't look like he's. I'm not saying he can't do it. But he's not a Stuart Pearce type of fullback. I don't no, think. I don't no. think he's going to put his foot into many tackles, as it were. Yeah. But he's a good footballer. Yeah. And his distribution is very good as well. He picked out a couple of good passes the other night, the other day against Bradford. Um, so I think it could be that at the end of the season he might go on to bigger and better things. Yeah, possibly. I know he's had a few clubs where it hasn't worked out for him on loan for for one reason or another. Yeah, he's, t- he's tended to hover around the championship, hasn't he? Yeah. Um, quite a lot. But I'm not so sure that he played many games for any of the clubs. Yeah. I think he was at Leeds and Derby and yeah, Tranmere I'm not sure well. if Reading was one. I can't, mm. he's, he's had a few, hasn't he? Um, yeah. So, so I'd seen him a few times at United. And, you know, 
but since then I've not kind of seen, he's kind of just drifted. I've not seen much of him play, so it was interesting to see how he how he slots in and, and spends the second half of the season at Oldham yeah. and uh, what you kind of what you can what you get from him. You don't know sometimes with these players, especially when they've they've actually tasted a bit of uh, first team football mm. uh, somewhere like United, because yeah. I think I read that under Louis Van Gaal, he played I think it was fourteen games. Now, if you've never played for United, and you're probably never likely to break into the first team squad, then a step down is probably a good move. Yeah. But if you've had a taste of it and you think you are going to make it, and then you suddenly realise that well maybe you're not, I'm, I'm they're only human these yeah. players that maybe the appetite just drops a little bit, and that maybe they might feel a little bit underwhelmed. Yeah. Going somewhere possibly. else. Yeah. Because it must be a heck of a thrill playing at Old Trafford you know or, or Anfield or anywhere like that and to be I mean he, he's even lower now you would have thought that he would have been able to settle down at Leeds or yeah. Derby but then again maybe he's not getting a game mm. um, he, and, it, and I dare say there's a certain amount of man management needs to be uh, you know employed with them yeah and also you sometimes players just fit at a club don't they yeah you see I mean look at Owen Doyle yeah, it uh, couldn't 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 score for Toffee at Bradford. Mm. They they were they were trying to fit him in systems that didn't work. They had to get him potentially had to get him off the off the wage bill. But goes to Swindon, they build a team round him, yeah. play to his strengths, scores for fun, comes back to Bradford for four or five games in the January back back to his parent club, can't score again, signs permanently for Swindon. First game, bang, it's in the back of the net. Yeah, and sometimes you just sometimes players. It works, doesn't it? I suppose Danny Ings, I don't think he did a great deal at Liverpool. No. Look at right. him back at Southampton yeah, now. Yeah. Um, Eddie Howe as a manager even. Yeah. Has done, I know, not a great season this season, but he's done, he didn't do a gr- didn't do that well at Burnley, but his spells at Bournemouth have been really good. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it, it could be that he could just click. You just don't know, do you? I think also on that Owen Doyle thing, I think um, Wellens gets the best out of him yeah. as well yeah. he got the best out of him up here when he was at Latics for that short time and he's, he's obviously done the same down at Swindon mm. so I think probably Richie Wellens deserves some credit there for his yeah. man management skills absolutely so the do you think if they were what do you think the squad needs to be challenging to get out of League 2 do you think like I say it looks like it's been a good January yeah. but what do you think to, to make that next step and be pushing for where crew are or even Swindon are what do you think the well if you, if you start from the top of the pitch downwards I think you you can you can probably never have enough strikers and Latics have been lacking in strikers lately yeah. we've never really scored enough goals maybe and, and that's something been to do with the style of play that, yeah. we, that we have um, but for too long if we went a goal down you were struggling to see where two goals were going to come from for yeah. us to win the game. Now, I think that's probably changing now because um, Danny Rowe is mm-hmm. going to get goals. Yeah. Um, and I think and he will bring other players into it. We're, for a time, I think Dino Marmaria has said he prefers a 4-4-2 system. But you've, you've also got to bear in mind what sort of personnel you've got on the books at that yeah. time. And he's he inherited a squad that was already there when he came in. This transfer window, he's been able to change it somewhat. 
and also during the season certain players have been sort of moved aside a little bit and other players have come in and he sort of changed the makeup of the team and I think he's tried to make them probably what every manager wants he's tried to make them harder to beat yeah so if you can't win the game at least don't lose it and there have been quite a lot of draws this season but I think there's cause for optimism now because there is a definite goal threat yeah up front and if Rowe can play alongside anybody else Mm -hmm. I think he'll bring them into the game Um, but there's nothing to say another striker would help as well because we don't know what what the situation is going to be like at the end of the season in this transfer window there was supposed to be interest from Oxford for Tom Hamer who's like a promising right back stroke centre half. He's probably he's probably a full back more than a centre half. Um now if he goes they're gonna to have to obviously replace him. Yeah. But if he does go, he'll, he'll command a fee. Maybe not as much as George Edmondson got we got for George Edmondson when he went to Rangers, but he'll command a fee. Um possibly Chris McCann has come as a free agent and he's a former Burnley captain. He's a creative midfield player, and he's really good. Right. Certainly at League Two. Yeah. He probably feels like it's he's used to playing at a higher level, and he looks like he's got more time than a yeah. lot of other players. Yeah. Which is usually the sign of a good player. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and I think his experience is really showing in League Two. However. I don't actually know how old he is, but he's not getting any younger. Yeah. I'm guessing he's going to be about 33, 34. Um, so he might be somebody. They, they might well be able to... Let's say that what, it's looking likely that they're probably not going to be able to reach the playoffs this season. Next season, we'll still be in League 2 in that case, and I think you'll definitely get another season out of him. Yeah. However, if they were to get promoted then you've got to start strengthening your midfield again. Yeah. yeah. Um, The way the team is set up at the moment, funnily enough, McCann's been out injured. Uh, He only came back the other day just to substitute, but our two central midfield players, Silla and Missaloo, neither of them are the most creative, Mm -hmm. but they put a hell of a lot of work in with the tackling and nothing gets past them really, especially Silla. Uh, just lately so I mean McCann will come back in because you're going to need his creativity Yeah. but at the moment we look pretty solid and we've got two wide players in Nepomuchino and Johnny Smith who's just had his loan extended from Bristol City so at this moment in time we're, if you could carry this team forward into next season yeah. it's a bit false really because they've played really well for two games Mm-hmm. If they were to maintain this sort of form, you would think I'd be happy with this for yeah. next season because I think they're going to go up the table. That this season, I mean, well, I'm guessing if we, if we carry on playing the way we're playing, they could easily finish say ninth or tenth, say. And I think when Dino took over, they were they were way down. I think yeah. they were probably next to bottom. So I think he's doing all right. Yeah, good. So, so of the run that they've just done takes them up to 14th in the table yeah. so they've got a massive gap now from um, safety 14 points from the bottom because mm-hmm. it was looking a little bit more depressing a, a, a few weeks ago 
but they're only 12 off a playoff spot and 12 you know it's it can be a sizable uh, gap but do you think they are I, mean, I suppose you've already touched on it really I'm saying that are they capable of pushing on up the table or are they exactly where they should be but I suppose like what you were saying the squad if they've only just come together a few of them and if they carried on this good run they could be pushing for that playoff company mm. um, but are they where you thought they would be or is it is it hard to tell um, it, it's hard to tell because we didn't know anything about the, the manager at the start of the season Lauren Benide and they didn't do particularly well under him that's why Marmaria came mm. in so early um, but I think in an ideal world we, we would be looking to be at about 14th in the table say pre-Christmas and then have a good Christmas and um, a good transfer window and then make a run for the yeah. playoffs but we've come really from 21st spot to 14th yeah. instead of looking at from 14th to 7th we've gone from 21st to 14th and who knows I mean they might this might be the start of a fantastic run They've got some difficult games coming up, though. They've got Crew on Saturday, then they've got Exeter midweek, and then they've got Forest Green mm. at home. They're three teams three that are well up there. Top five, are they, or yeah. something? Yeah. yeah. So this is going to be a real test. Yeah. You could argue that Mansfield, although they're, they're, Mansfield have just beaten Bradford 3-0. Um, That's right. Because yeah. I think the manager said pre the Oldham game, he didn't want to be after the Lord Mayor's show, he said, and then they went yeah, and got thumped right. by yeah, Oldham, yeah, yeah, which yeah. is exactly what they did, really. It was a yeah. bit after the after the Lord Mayor's show. Yeah. But I don't think Mansfield were doing great, but they did have that 3-0 win against Bradford. But there might have been a reason for that. Yeah. Um. So for the doubters, they might say, well, Mansfield weren't a great team. Yeah. Bradford weren't playing for the manager. Yeah. Good time to play them. Good time to play them. So the acid test now is going to be... next three, four games. Yeah. Yeah. But crew, you crew Exeter and Forest Green. I mean, if they were to win those three, for instance, <laughs> yeah. it'd be a fantastic run. And yeah. uh, who knows? what? what because the manager, I know he is, he's, he's big on um, momentum. Yeah. And at the moment, we have got a little bit of momentum because we just won two games and we've won them convincingly. And the six unbeaten as yeah, well. Yeah. Within that, imagine what the momentum would be after these three if they'd if they'd beaten those three teams. Yeah, yeah. Um, however, realistically, you'd probably be looking. They've got two away games out of those three, and Forest Green at home. If you could get it, two draws away and yeah, a two win draws at home, away, you'd, yeah. you'd probably take that now, no, wouldn't definitely, you? Definitely, yeah, yeah. So I mean, sort of touching on Dino. Uh, I know you you tweeted back when he kind of joined that I remember you saying something like Oldham Tech Manager of the Month to a whole new level. Yeah, it's <laughs> yeah, a different meaning, Manager of the Month at Oldham. Absolutely. Yeah. But how would you rate this current manager? Um. Well, I've got. I think I've got more patience than I, I go on the message boards, and I don't know whether we're just used to having a change of manager every. Six months. Six months, yeah. It seems to be if results, if you have a run of results that don't go too well, there are people advocating changing the manager again. And I don't see how that ever works. No. Um, I think Leeds a few seasons ago, they had a spell changing the manager, probably some change of ownership as well. And it didn't get them anywhere. Um, 
And I think to be fair to any manager, really, unless the results are absolutely dire and a change has to be made, I think you've got to be fair to them and let them have yeah. two, if not three, transfer windows to bring in their own players. Yeah. And at least let it be their team that they stand or fall by. No, common sense, really, isn't it? I'd like to say, unless a manager lost, if a manager loses the dressing room, which is maybe what happened at Bradford, possibly, then you can say, right, we've got to cut our losses. But like you say, every manager, whether you're Jurgen Klopp, needed how many transfer windows to get the side he wanted, and he needed a centre-half and a world-class keeper, which was everybody knew what they needed. It takes time, doesn't it? And it's no different in whatever league, is it? No. And I suppose he can only be judged when it's his team and you give him his team and give that team a season. Yeah. But the the thing nowadays is nobody gets time, do they? No. And also, Atlantic's just recently, since the new ownership, there's been um, rumours, probably even, they're probably even more than rumours, but there might be some fact behind them that the recruitment hasn't necessarily been done by the manager yeah it's been done by the owner or the owner's brother who is like the sporting director and by and large the, the, a lot of them haven't come off there there've been players coming from say the lower tier in the french leagues yeah or that sort of ilk and they haven't come off with Dino, I think he's probably benefited by these failings because I think the owners have probably realised now that we need to look at it a slightly different way. Yeah, that, that. that's not been working. Let's try something else. Yeah, and hence I suppose you look and they've the, the signings over January. They've not they've not gone to France, have they? they you know, no. you look, they've gone to Salford City. They've gone to Fylde or, or or Man United or something. They've, they've they've gone for maybe the, the British player or yeah. they've, so I suppose it is evident that they've looked at that it's not working and and changed it well we, we also had a manager at the start of the season um, who didn't know the, the English game right particularly um, so it probably suited all parties for the recruitment to be done by the sporting director right um, however Dino has played in English football he's managed down at Stevenage um, and I think he knows he knows about League 2 yeah, and he knows what's probably required to get out of League 2 and the sort of players that we need Yeah, um, it's a, a bit of a cliche but you, you do you probably do need characters and you need somebody in the team who's going to be able to turn out at Grimsby away on a Tuesday night yeah. when it's lashing down with rain and uh, you're yeah. gonna get your sleeves rolled up and, and get you know and get get into it and some of the continental players especially if they're a flair type of player as well they're not it's not necessarily the that's not no. where they want to be no. perhaps no um so I think he's he's slowly but surely changing the uh, the makeup of the team right so you went to the manager's Q&A the other night. Yeah. So how did that go for you? What, what was the positives out of that? I, I thought it was a really positive uh, night. 
I think the manager and the assistant John Dreyer um, I think they both came across very well very positive Dino he obviously he, he can talk for England <laughs> or Tunisia yeah. um, but he did he came across as very positive he, he, he was answering any questions that anybody had he wasn't looking to end the uh, the evening any earlier than everybody wanted I think the the people who perhaps organised it were ready for uh, calling a halt at one time but he was saying no no let's carry on I'm alright as long as everybody else is okay here so and and he was very honest he yeah. had a bit of he had a laugh with some of them because that some of some of them were querying some of his tactics at times but he was he sort of explained why they were doing certain things and why they didn't do it yeah. you know uh, so yeah he came across very well I suppose fair play to him for fronting up yeah and because <clears throat> I suppose it could be quite a daunting prospect really you get supporters in your face and saying why didn't you know that substitution or why didn't you do that and yeah. you put right on the spot well, he you? did he, he was asked those sorts of questions and he he just answered them yeah yeah he was very good and he seemed to have the time for everybody yeah so in, I know we've sort of touched on some of the transfers but we've men we've talked in the past about Peter Clark um, and although he's what 38 yeah, big loss for the club. He was because he was um, he was the club captain. Uh, he was an outstanding presence on the pitch at the back. Uh, he must have been the the experience that he's got. He must have helped the likes of George Edmondson in his development and Tom Hamer. Um, and I thought really that he he should have been kept on, and he should have been nailed on for a coaching role down the yeah. when, when he finally decided to retire I think one of the sticking points with that was that um, I think in an ideal world he himself wants to I think it's a landmark for him um, he wants to carry on playing until he's 40 right now it could be that he has to drop out of the football league yeah. to carry on playing to until he's 40 his belt. So it might be unrealistic for a League Two mm. defender to still be playing at forty. Yeah. So I understand that, um, but it, it did seem a little bit um, shoddy how he was just allowed to go sort of unheralded. It, he'd been a, an absolute fantastic player for Latix, um, and I think a lot of people were upset that he was just allowed to go. Um, and even though David Weeter coming in softened the blow a little bit because he, he, he was somebody he was a name player yeah, yeah. Uh, and he was coming from a high division um, he hasn't really taken over from where Peter Clark was He's perhaps he's just not quite that type of player um, I think Peter Clark although he led by example but you could see he was a, he was a communicator on the pitch yeah. he was a proper captain and I think David Weeter, he's probably a slightly quieter character. Right. And I think he probably leads more by example than... Vocal. Vocally, yeah. yeah. Now, the lad from Salford who's come in now, Carl Piagiani, he does look like a Peter yeah. Clark character. He, he 
he seems to he like wins every header or he, I don't think he's lost a header yet right they were saying that at the Q&A the other night he wins every header he's 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 in he's into the centre forward as soon as the, the ball's there and he, he does look like he could be Clarky's replacement yeah I mean I suppose it, it's foot volumes when Joey Barton snapped him up initially at Fleetwood yeah, didn't he yeah, so it took him yeah. up at a level and I remember reading some quotes from Barton that were saying he was an absolute professional the way he looked after himself the way he conducted himself when he went into Fleetwood I think has he gone to Tranmere now but yeah. um, absolutely glowing Barton so for him to and what Fleetwood in top half of League One so it was nothing but glowing tributes for Clark mm. so I suppose it was a big loss really that a, a real professional who looked after himself yeah, would just be allowed to walk out the club. He will. He'll be a model professional. I mean, I've spoke to him a couple of times, not many times, but he does come across as somebody who just lives the right lifestyle for, a, you know, a professional. Yeah, and that's probably why he's still going at, at thirty-eight now. So, in terms, obviously, that's the older end. So, in terms of youth, you do spend a bit of time down at the training ground, Chapel Road. What's the mood like? Do you, do you get a vibe of a mood down there amongst the staff well, and it players? Always, it, yeah. Not not too much, but um, they do all seem to be, be enjoying it. It's it's a crack. It seems like it's a cracking atmosphere between the the players. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I don't know because I haven't been to any other. You know, I'm not used to watching any other teams training or anything. Yeah. But yeah, they they do they do all seem to have a, a great time down there. And I think Chapel Road itself is going to be. Uh, they're looking at redeveloping it. Um, to make it a, a you know a better place as well, a better facility for them. So, is there any youth players that are coming through that um, that you think that people need to look out for? Is there anybody? Is there anybody? Because there was a young lad who, who was he? What, yeah, Zach, really? Zach Emerson come through. Was it? Earlier this season, or yeah. last, who comes no, this, through and, this um, season, I think Dino gave him his uh, yeah, he was debut. Like, he was the youngest player to have uh, played for the club. Um, I, th I think um, at the time, obviously this was before January, so mm -hmm. we were probably just looking at our options up front because he's a striker. Yeah. Um, and also, I think it was to just give him a, a bit of a taste of first team football. Yeah. Um, Unfortunately, I think he's picked up a, an injury just now. I think he's got an ankle injury, so he's probably not playing for the uh, the, the youth team at all just just at the minute. But he's definitely one for the future. Right. When we're we're looking at the team now, I, I can obviously think of the eleven that played in the last two games. But you've got to remember that a proportion of those were loan ease, mm. um, and I think they'll they'll be pulling out all the stops to uh, get Pierre Gianni on a permanent deal yeah. I think he's still under contract though next season at Salford right so the but from what Dino was saying at the Q&A he's he's very happy here uh, obviously he's playing yeah playing first team football perhaps he's not guaranteed to get that at Salford at the minute no. um, so it might suit the player as well to, yeah. to come here uh, Johnny Smith he They'll definitely be wanting to get him from Bristol because he's been a, a real find this season. Yeah. Seven goals, top scorer. Um, I think they had an opportunity to acquire him permanently before the season started. 
Okay. But he was maybe I think he'd had a, a long spell at Tranmere last season. Um, but Latics took the option to take him on loan, and of course now mm. his valuations probably <laughs> risen. Yeah, that's the problem. Um, so it might need a bit of um, negotiation with uh, Bristol to to get him here. But again, that was also raised at the Q and A. What what what's Johnny Smith like? And he, Dino was saying he's absolutely loving it, and right. uh, they're hoping that they can get him back on a permanent deal. Yeah. I suppose that thing in it tying them down, you'll have other clubs sniffing around. But if the players are happy um, and they're playing every week, then yeah. it goes a long way. That, yeah, think, yeah, yeah, massively. Yeah. yeah. So, just briefly, um, off the top of your head, could you name your all-time favourite Oldham eleven? <laughs> or is that a bit? <laughs> yeah, I think. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because the... I've I've done this recently because it's I think been I've in seen a, it somewhere. It's in the program. Oh, that's right. Yeah, you had a you had a piece in the which which game was it? It was the cup game against Burton. Ah, oh, that's right. Yeah, so you had a bit of a spread in the um, yeah program. How yeah. did that come about? Um, it was talking to the the lad who who does the media at um, Latics. Yeah. Um, about the match reports, funnily enough. All right. Because yeah. he said he was aware of them. All right. And he said, "What would you fancy doing an all-time Latics eleven? Yeah. Because um, it, it's a feature in the program, right? People, yeah. Different people do it. So yours was in the program. That's yeah. right, because you sent me a picture of it. Yeah. So from sort of keeper, or oh, can you remember it? <laughs> um, yeah, I think so. Um, Andy Gorham in goal. Yeah. Um, right back was Dennis Irwin. Left back was Andy Barlow. Centre halves. Mm. Yeah. Peter Clark, yeah, and Sean Gregan. Sean Gregan was very much like Peter Clark, uh, probably about six or seven, eight seasons ago. Yeah, uncompromising, won everything. We've had, I mean, Clarky and Sean Gregan would not have been the what you might call the classiest centre halves. Yeah, we've had Richard Jobson in yeah. the Joe Royal days. Yeah. Earl Barrett. Earl Barrett was. Earl Barrett, Richard Jobson. You could Ian Marshall played centre half as well as centre forward. Um, Craig Fleming, who went on to play for Norwich, all those, around the Joe Royal era. Yeah. You could easily have had any of those. In. Yeah. Um, I think Earl Barrett was. I remember, back in that day, he was one of the few defenders who regularly, stopped a young Ryan Giggs every time they come up against United. Yeah. Where. Is he going to Villa as well, Barry? Yeah, yeah. Every time he come up against him, when he was what nineteen, twenty, you know, flying down the wing, he was the only full back of defender that could ever match him for pace yeah, and ever stopped him quick, regularly. Very quick. Um, he was a great player. Uh, central midfield, I had Mike Milligan, who was the captain yeah. of Joe Royals team, and John Sheridan. Yeah. Rick Holden on the left wing, and Andy Little on the right wing. And then up front, Andy Ritchie picks himself, yeah. really, for a lot of Latics fans. Yeah. He's the best Latics player I've ever seen. And Roger Palmer. Uh, for the older people, <laughs> I, I was going to have Vic Hallam, right. who some people won't remember, but older people like me do <laughs> remember. 
and I, I could I would have been happy with Vic Allum and Andy Ritchie up front. However, on reflection, Roger Palmer is the leading goal scorer right, for yeah. the club, so it, and it would have been silly to have left him out. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, no, I had to fine, have uh, Ritchie and Palmer. Up no, that's good. So just to finish off, is the one standout favourite game ever watching Latics? Or, or would you? Is, it, is that the, a bit? No, it, you can't pick I one. Know, it, or do you think? Is there a top? Is there a three? Rather than maybe it's probably not too kind saying pickles one. Well, beating Liverpool down here in the cup. Yeah. When Matt Smith scored, because yeah. uh, they had Suarez was captain that day on that, for yeah. them. Gerard was on the bench, but he brought him on. Yeah. Brendan Rodgers was the manager at the time. Um, that was good. That was a cracking atmosphere. Yeah. Um, they did really well against Everton. Um, yep. Getting the last minute equaliser. I can remember Graham Sharp at the back of the stand, work, work near where we sit, and he was obviously he had his Everton hat on. Yeah. And he he was his face was uh, on the floor when <laughs> Latics got the late equaliser. But it's always great. I mean, I suppose Le- when they beat the, City, that was it. Kevin Keegan's City. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I remember that, and uh, they played Bolton in the next round, but lost to Bolton, didn't they? But they, yeah. I remember them beating City at yeah. uh, Boundary Park. Yeah, it, I mean, with Latics, a lot of it has been giant killing mm. in the cup. I'm old enough to remember the the Joe Royal era, yeah, and that was fantastic. Finals, they played some fantastic football then. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. We had the we had the plastic pitch before we got promoted, um, beating Arsenal at home. Three um, one, beating Villa three mm-hmm. nil. I think at the time in the, with those games, I think at the time that they beat Arsenal three one, Arsenal were the um, champions. Would that be George Graham era? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it was like the Tony Adams, Lee Dixon, yeah, yeah, stalwarts, sort of yeah, yeah. Um, and then at the time that we beat Villa three nil, Villa were top of the league, so we'd beaten the current the the last season's champions and the current, current leader. leaders yeah. yeah, 3-1 and 3-0 uh, they just played some fantastic football the plastic pitch probably did help but I think also you know, that criticism that well they can only play on plastic I think they still won nine away games yeah. the season that they got promoted yeah. so they could they could play a bit they could still play on any on, surface, on any yeah. surface. Yeah. Yeah, you look just at a them. really good team yeah you look at some of them players and hold them and people are, I mean crosses he could put in and the goals yeah. he scored and um, like I say it wasn't just couldn't put it down just to the pitch could you it's a no. 40 odd game season and you can't just put it on half of him on that pitch could you no so, he was the best crosser of a ball I've ever seen yeah he, he was a great winger wasn't he yeah but, uh, no thank you for that appreciate no your uh, insight into that it. but uh, yeah thanks for uh, coming on and giving me your time so uh, hopefully uh might want to do it again yeah, in the future. Definitely. And thanks yeah. for doing the match reports. No worries. Really appreciate them as well. So uh, thanks very much. Okay.